When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Crack a beer. Let's get the weekend started. It's Flyers hockey time, Charlie. It's almost here. It's Flyers it's less, Friday. It's less than a week away. Yeah, next Friday, the Flyers will have already played a game. This is, of course, Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter, Charlie O'Connor. Charlie, um... Busy day today, huh? Sure was. There hasn't really <laughs> There's been... There's things going on. There hasn't been a day of this camp that there hasn't been at least one piece of interesting news. Like, I'm actually kind of looking forward to next week where there's a bit of a gap... Because it seems like at this point, they've kind of got the roster set. Or at least we have a pretty darn good idea when of what's it going to be. It, we, we have a decent idea. Uh, like, when the roster gets announced Monday, officially... And then the first game, the Flyers don't, the puck doesn't drop until Thursday for them. Right. Not a whole lot. Like, is that kind of the time there can't possibly be news those days? Yeah, well, it was funny because today I was on Twitter this morning while I was at camp, or not, I guess it is still camps. I just, it's really just the Flyers practice facility. And the Florida Panthers announced that they had cut their roster down to 30. And I kind of took a step back and said, you know, they hadn't done that already. The Flyers are down to 26 like two days ago. And we knew and that was only 26 because one guy they can't send down yet. Yeah. Like functionally, it was 25 because they said that, well, Felix Sandstrom, you know, he's not probably going to be on this team. Sam Harrison is the number two. So I was just surprised. It seems like the Flyers are at least this camp. They're speed running it a little bit. You know, they are making their decisions quicker than most teams are, which is interesting given the fact that they start the season a little bit later than some teams are. Yeah, I personally can't believe John Tortorella is a guy who knows what he wants. <laughs> Fair. And Fair like, point. Like, you know what? You know what, Danny? I know it's a competition, but uh, no, I'm done. Yeah, I'm I know, done with that. I know who I want. I know who I don't <laughs> like, want. And apparently there's yeah. one guy who they, he really doesn't want, apparently. That, that is the news of the day. In case you haven't heard... Uh, came out shortly after 2 p.m. today. Wade Allison, Western Michigan's own, placed on waivers uh, eight days ahead of his 26th birthday. We've been speculating if they're not going to be all that interested in breaking up that fourth line or at least uh, not waving one of those guys. Yeah, they're not. It w- that was never going to happen. I, I, I specifically... Paling, I guess well, there was a chance, but after they saw him play, yeah, it was like, no. No, no way. Uh, but, but no, I actually, at... At a practice today, after practice, I really, because the article I was going to write today was about, okay, well, how do you adjust this logjam? How do you deal with it? And I specifically asked him, 
are you willing to break up the fourth line? And he straight up said no. So anybody who had a dream <laughs> that they were going to break up that fourth line, they ain't breaking it up. I, he that that the, that three men unit of Nick Delorier, Ryan Paling, and Garnet Hathaway. I, that's your game one fourth line. Then about forty five minutes later, the news breaks that Wade Allison is on waivers, which opens up an entirely different can of worms. But I can tell you that John Tortorella said unequivocally that fourth line is the fourth line for game one. So, uh, and that, you know, the Wade Allison move, it goes, okay, well, this is a way to make the roster math work for the 23-man. Sure. That's what we're looking at right now. It's, all right, looks like Bobby Brink probably made the team. There's a good chance Andre made the team, at least to begin. We'll see if uh, that's, he stepped in last night, and it was because Ristolainen was banged up. Yes. So perhaps he's not ready to go night well, one. So I, I want to talk through the Wade Allison waving the, first. Let's, okay, but, yes, but you're right. John, John Tortorella gave, uh, gave us a lot of really good information today, a lot of really honest quotes on how he sees this breaking down. And based on what he said today, it seems like a lot of these kids are going to make the team. But I want to talk about Wade Allison that's, first because Wade Allison is a guy— That's you know, he's, the first domino. Yeah, he's this is the first domino. And also, Wade Allison is a guy who's been around for a while. You know, he was so draft pick, I believe, was back in, what, 2018, I believe he was taken. So he's been around for a while. And he's a guy who I think, you know, I personally, and I think a lot of people had pretty high hopes for him. There was a, a long stretch where it looked like he was going to be— 2016. 2016. Oh, he was so in the heart draft. Okay. He's the— He's been around for yeah, quite a while. Yeah, he's the heart uh, Ruby draft. Yeah, yeah, it was that draft. Wow, what a draft. So <laughs> with Wade, you know, my first instinct here, and again, we're going to get into a little bit more detail of what this means for the rest of the roster. My first instinct in terms of analyzing this is that I don't like that they waived him. I think that there is a non-zero possibility they will come to regret the fact that Wade Allison is no longer on their team and he is being he's becoming a, a useful forward for another club. However, I can accept it if this is truly in furtherance of playing the kids as much as possible. And it does seem like that is the plan. But I am... I don't love giving up on Wade Allison. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player... Um, I don't I don't want to give any asset away for nothing. Exactly. Especially one that, like, personally, I have this much time invested. Like, the 2016 draft, yeah. our first season together, I believe, was 16-17 at BSH. Like, yeah, it was. Wade Allison has been with us for this ridiculous journey that yeah. has brought us all the way to PHLY. We've been talking about this guy since that draft. Um, he's 26 years old. Well, he turns 26. He turns 26 in, in like eight days. eight days. Yeah, the October hey, 14th. Hey, you know what? For for us who are getting a little up in age, you don't make, you don't say someone yeah, no, is an age until they actually yeah, are. I, I feel that. Uh, <laughs> but on the 14th, he will turn 26 years old. He has not broken through. He looks like he's a useful NHL player. Certainly, there's some upside there. Uh, to quote the to quote John Tortorella, always hurt. Always he hurt. has struggled with injuries going back to college when he tore his ACL and was banged up there uh, pretty consistently. I'm sorry, but this is just the way it goes. Now, I can point to a move Danny Briere made, bringing in Garnett Hathaway and saying. That should be Wade Allison's spot. I, I think, but yeah. It gets to the always hurt thing and yeah. the coach then not trusting him to pencil him into that roster. We need someone who can do it. And it's like, yeah, if Wade Allison looks like, you know, a freaking star, all right, we, we'll figure something out. But otherwise, I'm already kind of out on him. And it's 
something we've alluded to throughout the offseason is like, you know, he's kind of the 13th forward right now. We'll see how it goes, but... Tortorello was never married to this guy. I guess I still had a hope that, and I fully expected he was going to start the season on the bench or in the press box, yeah. whatever you want to call it. But I still had hopes that, you know, when inevitably a, a couple of people get hurt, he was going to come back in and he was going to really find his spot and he was going to prove that he deserved to be part of this team for the long-term future. I just feel like, and I'm, I'm writing an article on this, it'll be out probably later this evening. Just, I, I feel like they kind of tried to make him into something that he wasn't, which is why I think that he could potentially flourish somewhere else. Because the two things they, they did, this was particularly Tortorella really, was that they really tried to emphasize to him that you gotta almost entirely play north-south, don't try to make skill plays, and it very much seemed like what they looked at, which I understand from their perspective. They looked at it as, look, we have so many young scorers that play the right side that are coming up. If this guy's going to be part of this, he's going to be part of this as like a skilled fourth liner. So we are going to basically tell you, do all the things that make you into the best player that we can use and we can fit. But I think there's more there with Wade Allison and I think that he might find a better role that more fits his skill set somewhere else. You could make the case that, well, it was never going to happen here, but I can't help but feel like Wade Allison was kind of done, done wrong here a little bit. Does this speak to an institutional issue with this team where, like, a fourth liner has to play north-south hockey, your nine minutes are about surviving, not making things happen, like, Delorier's going to be in this lineup 82 times if we can get him in there. You're not. Do, like, I don't It, it just I, seems I think, like this is, a, yeah, like, this is I, a big picture issue that a lot of people I've seen today. Like, uh, the unwillingness to break up that fourth line. And I think it could be a very good yeah. fourth line. I really do. Even with Delorier out there, it looks like the other two are pretty damn good. And Delorier does play a role. Like, you do, this is still hockey. As much as it has changed, <laughs> it is still a, a barbaric game. And sometimes you need a barbarian, and he's one of them. Uh, but I think he would take that as a compliment. Oh, he would absolutely take that as a compliment. <laughs> like, you kidding me? Just, he would eat that shit up. Yeah, like, <laughs> you do need those guys. When the game changes entirely, you won't. But you do, because it hasn't. Um, but, like... <laughs> The unwillingness to break up that fourth line because it has to be a certain. This has to be. We want the Islanders' fourth line. Like that's what it seems like Every, they're trying to say. Everybody wants the Islanders. Everybody wants the Islanders. Well, maybe not now. But three years ago, everybody wanted sure, the Islanders' fourth line. Like I tweeted last night, best fourth line in the league when uh, when Delorier scores and yeah, we got some good yeah. we got some good Islanders so, interaction yeah, there. Yeah. But like they don't want anything but that, so they had to turn Allison into that or say goodbye, and they said goodbye. I think. I think there's some truth, some truth to the idea that, because basically the 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 opinion you're expressing right now is this idea that like the fourth line has to play one way. Yes. And we can't have a skilled fourth line. What I will say is that while I am, I am definitely and half I, halfway I, have some skill. They're not bones. I am definitely, uh, like I understand that argument, and I. In past years, I more forcefully expressed it. Like, why can't you just roll three? Why, why can't you just roll another third line on your fourth line? That's great. The one thing that I that that I have found a compelling argument against that, and I do think, to be clear, I do think that your fourth liner should have skill. Like, you shouldn't just accept the fact that you have a ten point guy because man, he hits hard or man, he fights, whatever. But I will acknowledge that, given the fact that you play fewer minutes on the fourth line just by nature, that. 
it makes it tougher to play a skilled game when you're getting those few no minutes. rhythm because number one you don't get no rhythm number two if you make a mistake let's say you turn the puck over and whatever then you've got to sit with that for maybe four or five minutes until you get back on the ice again it, it does I think, and there probably are players that can do it, that can can play a skill game on the fourth line with minimal ice time and make it work, be a, a power play specialist who mostly plays in the power play, but that's it. I do think that the limited minutes you get on the fourth line, it does lend itself more to guys that play a more straightforward, easily repeatable game versus skill guys who need more time to kind of play themselves into a game because they know, hey, on that first shift, I might turn the puck over, but if I make, if I make three attempts at a skill play i might mess up one but those two are going to work out real well whereas on the fourth line you might only get two attempts to make a skill play the whole game because you ain't playing that much so i do understand why why teams think that the fourth line should be more straightforward in style now that said like to me a garnet hathaway is the perfect example of a fourth liner i want where he's a guy who like by advanced metrics, he's real good. He drives play. He scores at a decent rate in terms of like per 60 numbers and whatnot. But he also can play the kind of straightforward, repeatable game that makes him effective in eight minutes a night. Whereas somebody like Bobby Brink, like I don't think he would be effective in a fourth line role. It's not just, well, we, we won't put a skill guy in the fourth line. It's that I think Bobby Brink needs to get more minutes to play himself into a game given the style he plays than he would get on the fourth line. So, so that's, I guess, where I'm at with, with that. Now, your question about Allison, like, the thing with Allison is that on this team, maybe he would have had to play a, that kind of straightforward role. I just think that on another team, he could fit as a third liner, maybe a second liner on another team, just might not be this team. I just, and maybe, um, maybe I'm misevaluating him. Maybe you and I have different thoughts on Wade Allison's style of play. Fair. But, like... It seems to me as if it fit. Like, maybe he's a little more skilled. Maybe he's a little less risk-averse than you'd want that type of player to be. But, man, I realize, you know, his size, his injury history, it's kind of sketchy playing that way. But yeah, to be sure. But dude was a cannonball out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was... It's not like he didn't go into corners. Oh, no, it's not like no. he didn't go to the net. Like, no, he, he, he was had, a power He forward. had a future fan favorite yes. written all over him, which is why it just hurts. He was like, it, it really hurts. Walmart that Wayne Simmons. There's a good chance he's not going to be part of us. And look, I guess it's possible that he clears. And if he clears, they'll send, him, they'll send him down to the minors. It could happen. I just look at a guy who he's played in over 70 NHL games so far. He's in his prime, but he's not old. He's on a cheap contract. He's big. He hits. He can skate pretty well like to me someone's gonna take a flyer on that and so it would like 80 percent chance he gets claimed i can't rule it out entirely because i don't know what every single team in the nhl is thinking but i think he's there, there's just too much there for someone not to give it a go and on 30 32 thoughts today and on twitter elliot friedman kind of said the same thing like lots of names on waivers most intriguing to me, Wade Allison. Yeah. It's like, oh, so you know people yeah. want him. I mean, that's I, like, I just, that's, I, I, think what, I think what it boils down to, honestly, and like maybe this is a part of me just like getting too close to these guys because I cover them. I just feel bad for the guy because I got really, damn gingers. I, I really do think that he he wanted it to work here, and it just it didn't click with Torts. Torts wanted him to, to basically fully embrace this fourth liner mentality, and I think he tried to. I don't think this was a case of Allison, you know, being stubborn and being like, no, I'm a scorer, only play me like a score i think he tried i just think that 
it was that especially once they signed Garnet Hathaway, who basically is what they were. He's a he's what they were trying to turn Wade Allison into. Yeah. That he that's like the platonic ideal of what they had in their head of what they wanted Allison to be. I just I'm bummed that it didn't work out here. Like I, it's funny, like a little like inside baseball story. So today I'm working on a feature story, hopefully it'll be out next week, and I wanted to interview Wade Allison for it. And I kind of been waiting for a time where I could interview him when like he would be in a good mood because he's been a little bit gruff during this camp. I think because he realizes that he was well, in a dogfight for yeah. a spot and it might not work out here. So I go up to him after practice today and I'm like, Hey Wade, do you have a minute? And he's just like, No. And then he like storms out of the room. And I was like, well, Shit, like. Like man, I, I don't know if did I say something bad about him on a podcast? Did he? Did I? Did it? Was did I like? Was there? No, was there it's something, your asshole was, partner was, who keeps yeah, saying like, nonsense. Was there something in an article that like he read or he heard about? Like, are we? Do I have to like clear the air with him? Is this going to be a thing? And then. Most likely what happened was he found out after practice that he was meeting with Danny Briere and he's like, oh, shit, I know what's coming. I have to sidetrack for just a second. Does that happen often? Not to me. Or, I mean, like, I think, I think I'm decently well-liked. No, I, I, I would assume you're well-liked. You're a likable guy to people who only know you a little bit. I've been around <laughs> you for a long time, and trust me, I, I'm not the jerk, actually. It's, <laughs> it's uh, actually I, me. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, like clearing the air situation, yeah. oh, does that happen often? Yeah. And, and I think that's healthy. It, oh, it, yeah. It, you know, when, like, if I'm going to do my job well, I have to write honestly about the players. And if I think the player had a bad game, I can't sugarcoat it. I have to say, I think he screwed up on this player. I think he's having a bad month, and this is why, and here's the evidence. Like, I'm not going to just, like, throw a hot take out there. But I have to be honest about my view of how the players are playing. And sometimes a player hears about it or reads about it or whatever, and they want to have a conversation about it. And I think that's completely healthy. And in all honesty, I think as a reporter, that actually helps you build a stronger relationship Definitely. with a player. Because they... Like there, okay, there's there's one story I'll tell, and I'm not going to I'm not going to give the the name of the other reporter, but Boo. but I made a comment on Twitter one time about how I didn't like Jake Voracek, Claude Giroux, and James Van Reems like on the same line because my point was basically like who's going to do the defense? Like G at this point, G at this point in his career is more of a wing than a center. They had him in the middle, and then like Jake and JVR, they like to blast the zone because they like to score. And like I was just like, who's going to do the defense here? And Voracek confronted me the next day and basically was like, I want to have a conversation with you about this because I think we had a, actually a really good game as a line, and I disagree with you that that we're not defensive and i made my point and basically he was like look if you were another reporter i wouldn't have even brought this up to you because i would have been just like he's full of shit but i respect you and i wanted to to talk this out because i don't think it was a fair criticism and i think our relationship was stronger because of that whereas he never called you out called you a snake or anything no well he yelled at me one time on twitter <laughs> he did when, that did happen <laughs> well one time when it, when he, he made a mistake then one time relatively recently when i was having a conversation about like it was in my mentions about how Voracek in his final season in Columbus his numbers kind of stunk if you really dived into it and then Jake I guess saw it and was like thanks Charlie was like <laughs> well that's all right Jake, Jake. That's all right Jake. Jake sure and like I do feel I do feel if we're allowed to like you're allowed to write whatever I'm allowed to just come in here and say anything <laughs> they should be able to say anything to me like yeah it's, right it's all in the game <laughs> it's all in the game uh so Allison getting through waivers. Uh, I get there are a lot of names today on waivers. There's yeah, a lot Oscar of guys. So, yeah, Limblom got waived. Uh, that sucks. Nick um, got yeah, waived. Yeah, so there's a bunch of dudes, but and they all kind of fit in that same realm of like. 
decent player. Like, you know, Lindblom never got back to the guy who had 11 goals or what did he have, 11, 12 goals before he got diagnosed. He's never gotten back to that. Albe Kubel, I mean, he's carved out a nice little career for himself, but all kind of in the, yeah, bubble guys. Yeah. If you're sneaking someone through, if you're really hoping, is today better than Monday? Like, I've heard, like, Monday's the day to do yeah. it with the goalies because everyone's going to well, get their goalies I, I, I through on it, Monday. It would actually be Sunday because you got to have the guys for clear Monday, waivers yeah, for Monday. For Monday. So okay. it would be Sunday. I don't know. I feel like one thing you got to you got to understand about the NHL is that, while this Wade Allison thing, it was a surprise to us. Like, we knew it was a possibility, but it was still a surprise they did it because there was such a clear path to him staying if they really wanted to keep him. People talk in NHL circles, and most NHL teams have a general idea of which players might become available at some point. And if there's somebody, if there's a front office that's had their eye on Wade Allison for years, they knew this was possible, and they're ready for the possibility of like, okay, well, if he becomes available, if they do waive him, who will we potentially move out to bring him in? So to me, it might be a little bit better, but if somebody's got their eye on Wade Allison, they're going to find a way to fit him. It's a safe bet that Wade Allison gets claimed? I, I would bet on it. If you're looking to place a wager of that nature, might I suggest DraftKings Sportsbook. Listen, fam, football is back in full swing with another week of epic games, and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? It's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings also has the full slate of hockey futures available. Listen, I've been shopping around looking for prices at a couple different books, and, uh, the offerings at DraftKings, this isn't even, like, this isn't written down. The offerings <laughs> at DraftKings are by far uh, the best I've seen for what there's available in hockey futures. So if you're looking to do that, give it a look. And you already know how great the NFL offerings are. So get in on the NFL Week 5 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code PHLY to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsibility gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply kelly's gonna be very happy you said ontario <laughs> I, I, very happy I, I listened back yesterday and i was like i have to now yeah you have yeah. to do ontario um so the idea that they can sneak allison through i i would be surprised I, would, I wouldn't be i wouldn't be shocked but i would be surprised like I, I think he's a good enough player that someone's gonna take a shot at and honestly like as i said i really hope this was something that was creeping in my head most of camp, to be honest, is that I like Wade Allison as a player. I hope that even though I wanted it to work in Philly, I kind of hope he goes somewhere else and finds a place that basically is willing to let him be him. Like one thing last year, and it was just a little thing, like Torts got this bug up his ass about Wade Allison not being professional enough. And like Wade like had to cut his hair to like show that he was like fully just like shit like that. Like let the guy be himself. Don't tell me these things, Charlie. Yeah. These are, like I'm really 
Like, Ugh. like, you know, and, All right, I, Dad. And, and, and I don't think that it was like you have to cut your hair. It was more just like that was a way for him to show yeah. towards that he was serious. I had to put makeup over my neck tattoos. <laughs> and But yeah, yeah, and I just, I hope Wade Allison finds a team. If he gets claimed, it's a team that will give him good minutes, that will not get frustrated when he gets injured, and will let him be him. And I hope he finds a spot that he's a better fit for than apparently he was in Philly. All right, so... Now, while this does open the door for Brink to make the team, it doesn't solve the 12 forward roster math because all along we've been like, yeah, Allison's the 13th forward. So effectively, yeah, okay, you opened up the spot, but especially since they are not willing to break up that fourth line and they see tremendous potential in that fourth line, that leaves nine forward spots, and we are fairly certain we know who they're going to. Yeah. So, uh, well, we, we know we know who eight are going to, and then we have the two. I think really what this what this does more than anything, and there could be more moves coming. You never know. Maybe the Flyers claim somebody. Maybe they trade for somebody. It could get more complicated. But what this move tells me more than anything about the Brink Forrester battle, what this tells me is they're way more likely to keep both. Igor Zamula and Emil Andre, which again, this goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show about I don't like the fact that they waived Wade Allison and that there's a good chance they're going to lose him for nothing. But if it's done in service of all four of Bobby Brink, Tyson Forrester, Emil Andre, and Igor Zamula making the roster out of camp and, and this is the key, and getting significant playing time in the NHL after making the roster out of camp, I can accept it because as you mentioned, I like Wade Allison a lot. He's 25 going on 26. You know, the age doesn't perfectly line up with this thing. And even if he hits his ceiling, like I think his ceiling is something like Troy Brower, who was the guy who I could not remember his friggin' name when we were talking about this a couple days ago. (laughs) Just like a 20-goal scoring power forward who carves out a nice 10, 11, 12-year career bouncing around the league, being a good player who teams pick up at the trade deadline. I was going to say, like, you're prototypical trade deadline ad exactly which is exactly what we assume garnett hathaway you know like so it's that's why that whole thing like garnett hathaway is a good player and the fourth line is probably going to be pretty good Uh, yeah but but all this other stuff yeah if we have to lose a 26 year old wade allison in order to create opportunity for all four of those guys i can accept it it's exactly it's not ideal but it's still like of all the outcomes, it's one of the better ones. Yeah, exactly. I can accept it as long as it's it's in it's it's in furtherance of getting these kids more playing time. And that was another thing that I pushed Tortorella on today because really the big question we're left with here is that if you're going to bring in, if you're going to keep Brink and Forrester, and you're going to keep Andre and Zamola, you still have a problem both on the forward side and on the defense side in terms of. How the hell are these guys going to play? Because you've got, on defense, you've got six veterans, if you're if we're calling York a veteran at this point. And on the forward side, you have one spot because you have eight guys in the top nine. You're not changing the fourth line. So, okay, it's great you're keeping these guys. How are you going to play them if you're keeping them? So I straight up asked Tortorella, and this was, this was specifically in reference to Brink Forrester, but now we can sort of shoehorn the, the defense thing into it now that we have a pretty good idea that they might be keeping both these guys. Basically, would you be willing to not play? Like, basically, would you keep Brink and Forrester and then keep them on a rotation to start the year? Where, say, Forrester gets game one, Brink gets game two, okay. Forrester gets game three. And I straight up, like, asked him that without, like, 
asked him in a way where he had to answer. And here was his answer. He said, no, I don't think it has to be every game. That's one avenue. If we feel both of them deserve to be here, that's an avenue we can go to. We haven't gotten there yet. So to me, that's as clear of an answer of like, I think they're both making this team. And I think that's exactly what they might do. And that's, we talked about this for the last few days, the idea that, okay, these guys might not be ping-ponging from Lehigh to Philly back and forth, but there just might be a roll-the-dice kind of lineup. Like, we don't know what it's going to be night to night. It's, they're all going to get opportunity, but we still want all of Brink, Forster, Andre, and Zamula to get significant playing yeah. time. And, you, and you can is, find a way to make that work. What is an accept... Like, is 65 to 75% of the games on average between the four of them acceptable i would say so i, I think if they're getting like what's the well, and then obviously if one, I mean, if one guy excels then he might end up playing no, if, all 82 if, if tyson forster scores two goals on opening night he should very much be in the lineup the rest of the week exactly like and then, exactly like you know but i just I, i'm i don't want to just do this in service of the people who are mad and try to get them less mad <laughs> listen if you're mad be mad be it's, mad listen it's Love's not the opposite, or hate's not the opposite of love. You know, like, we all do yeah. this because we want the team to be freaking good, and we all have different ideas of how to get there. But say Brink plays one of the first three games. Should we be mad? Like, is there still, I, like, I think you can do be you concerned. believe in this grand vision? Do you think that they're going to pull this off? Because we've talked about the idea of... You know, they say they're going to sit Mark Stahl, but I'll believe that when I actually exactly, see that exactly, shit. Exactly. Um, should we be giving them the benefit here because to this point like i know we're going to hold them accountable for things they had nothing to do with like i'm seeing what's going on and i'm like like is is andre like are they going to treat cam york like sandheim like is something going to go wrong here but like no nothing has gone wrong yet everything is actually going fairly according to how we want it to go but if this is going to be the lineup if they're going to have all four of these guys up here like uh, should we believe that they're going to make the attempt? So I guess my answer to you Why is... Why have them make the team? Well, I mean, here's my thing. <laughs> I think they're going into this with the plan and with the expectation that they're going to get all these guys playing time. They're going to find a way. However, I think it's incumbent upon the fans. It is also incumbent upon the writers to hold them accountable and to basically keep pushing them on this. Like Tortorello said today when I was pushing on this, on this he said, it's probably gonna be a constant question and I understand the question. It is completely fair for them to have in their heads that we're gonna find a way to make this work, trust us. And it is completely fair <laughs> for everyone else to be like, okay, no, <laughs> no you, gotta, you gotta prove it. You have to prove that you're not going to just park Bobby Brink in the press box for two weeks and then say, well, I don't know what we can do. I guess we gotta send him down. When you're the guys who make the lineups, <laughs> you can find a way. It's a problem you yourselves it's, can solve. It is very much something um, in years past, previous regimes where it's been dude in hot dog costume. Yeah. Like, looking for the guy who did this. I don't know why we can't get him in the lineup. I guess we just have to send him to Lehigh. Like, you can fucking play him. Yeah. That's yeah. your job. You you have the pencil. It's on your desk. Exactly. Uh, so we'll... we'll so, so, but, th this is going to be the conversation. Like, Yeah, this is going to be the conversation all year. This is what we do this year. Yeah. The yeah. point of our show, like the central theme of our show is playing time for these dudes and potentially down the line and then evaluating how yes, they actually are actually doing and how good have they, they are earned it yeah could, going from there but like and then potentially to amala and the other guys we've been told that might get a look this year like this is going to be the point of this season which yes. 
Yes. You know what? As frustrating as that might be because there's going to be panic the first time Brink isn't dressed, it's a lot better than the last two years. That, it, but that's that's the point I've been making it's from, much the, better from than the start the last of two this years. is that, like, yes, are we going to get angry at the team? Are we going to disagree with things they do? Of course we will. But at least we're all speaking the same freaking language now. At least now everyone is on the same page that this is all in furtherance of the rebuild. This is not in furtherance of an aggressive retool. This is not like, well, we're kind of trying to win, but also we're not going to chase down Johnny Goudreau because reasons. No. Everyone knows that they're trying to rebuild. So now, when they send a guy down or when they bench a guy, we can criticize them for that, but we're criticizing them for the same... Like, we all know why the critiques are, are, are there. It's not like... Like, for example, when they signed Travis Sanheim to eight-year contract, like, I thought the contract wasn't unfair it wasn't like a bad deal in and of itself it was a bad deal because it made a, no sense it's a contract that you sign a guy to if you're if you're trying to win now and they shouldn't be so it was like we were talking over each other because they'd be like well well how do you not understand that like giving tony d'angelo a two-year five million dollar year contract that's not a bad contract it's like it's not a bad contract but a team that's trying to rebuild shouldn't be trading away three draft picks period for a guy in his prime now at least the conversations that we we have about this team the articles i write about this team it's all coming from the place of how do we build the best team three years from now and it's just it's just such a relief it's such a relief that i feel like i'm not just shouting into the void anymore and uh, i want to ask you about guys who did and didn't dress for the game last night but if you're looking to get dressed for a game uh you got to check out our pals at foco foco has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms listen it's football and tailgating season i went to the uh, i went to the flyers game last night a little chilly in that rink a little chilly in that when, when i was the, looking for you i was on the, i was on the opposite side so i couldn't i was trying to like oh, pick you, you out got and it. i was like ah, i can't see yeah, his you, red you hair were looking at here. the assembly room yeah, side yeah 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 uh so anyway uh it's football and tailgating season and foco has everything you need for game day whether it's over that's right, the Phillies overalls, they've got them. Or hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, everything you need, it's at FOCO. Or, you know, you're looking for more than just team apparel. What about accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items? FOCO, baby, check them out. Uh, FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY. That's promo code PHLY for 10% off. FOCO, get your overalls. Uh, Charlie, <laughs> I, I really do like that as the tagline. It's good, right? Get the overalls. Yeah. Um, just thinking about the lineup last night, and there were some weird things. I'll talk to you about Andre in a minute, just him stepping in for Risto. But is it weird to you? Because all along we've been like, Forster's making it, and now it's about Brink either beating him, tying him, or beating someone else. Is it weird to you Forster dressed last night and neither Allison nor Brink did? It was a little weird. Well, in retrospect, we now know why Allison didn't dress because they probably already made the decision that he wasn't long for this yeah, roster, if not organization. Just like one more look at the, the poor guy, the but Brink, they were just done with it. They, I think that probably. The Brink thing surprised me. Knowing what we know now that it looks like Brink is going to make this team, it very well could have just been they thought he played so much. You know, you said it yesterday about how they all got four games. Forster got he four games. He played the three Brink and four. four Forster didn't play that Saturday. Yeah. So, it, it, so of the six games, they both played four. In retrospect, it might have been that simple. And you have in the outline, I haven't listened to uh, to 32 Thoughts yet, but you have in the outline something that I find very interesting, a quote, I think you said it was from Friedman, and it was, I don't want to lie to the players, they know who made it. And did, was that something that Friedman said? It was him 
summarizing towards his belief and kind of something he said, so, but just his okay. like overall idea. So, so, in, so in other words, it was him summarizing an off-the-record conversation he had with Danny Briere a couple days ago. Probably. Could be. I'm just saying. But this, this is how the stuff goes. This, I'm just could be. It was. I think it was more in reference to Torts and his overall okay. his okay. overall look at things, but also like something he said. Fair. Because that's interesting. Because and what, that's what, what that led Jeff Merrick to say. Don't be surprised if there's a trade. Well, but they, this was also in the they yeah. don't want to wave Allison conversation. Yeah. yeah. I. I'm still skeptical. To me, if there's going to be a and trade, did, so. if there's going to be a trade, I would think it would be them taking on someone. Like there's still that Matthew Joseph conversation where, like, hey, if you can pick up a first round pick, like, so, like, like sorry, Bobby, but yeah. like you're gonna have to wait a couple, like a month or so, because uh, we need a first round pick for the rebuild. That, that would makes be sense. acceptable, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you think that would have? Like an 80% acceptance rate on Twitter? Yeah, you get a first-round pick. A first-round pick yeah. for a one less month of Bobby Brink. I think that's, more, I guess that's more than acceptable. But it's interesting that when I read that quote, because what jumped out at me was, and I believe this was after Monday's game, we interviewed Joel Farabee. And Joel Farabee basically said, I don't remember the exact quote, but the gist of it was, both Tyson and Bobby deserve to be here. And... Like, it's an interesting way to put it because the players know. They, yeah. they, they know, like, they know Tyson Forrester. They watched him up here last year. They know him as a person. He lives with Joel Farabee. <laughs> like, they, they're buds. They know he's a good hockey player, but they also all watch Bobby Brink do some pretty cool shit for the past week. And, stuff, and they think he deserves to be here, too. Stuff that is a unique skill set for this team. Yeah. Only yeah. Morgan Frost, I would say, brings some of the things that Bobby Brink can bring. I think that's fair. And uh, we all know how much you hate Morgan Frost <laughs> personally as a guy. I, I do as hate a man, him so much. You dislike him. Oh, my God. So uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get into that later. I saw, man, your mentions, I never really used to look at them, but now, like, they're wild. We're, we, were, we are working pretty intimately yep. together. Yep. Jesus Christ, no wonder you're so, like, jaded all the time. I mean, I get it. There, there's, there's a reason why when we get to game 60, I'm just like, I'm done with this I, I shit. I get you for the first time. <laughs> I really do. Uh, but just... Is Forster's de like he's a lock, right? Of, of everything, where yeah. like, and now it looks like the the way you broke it down earlier in the week is is okay. They wave Allison. There's a chance for all four of those guys to make it. It kind of looks like that's the way it's going. But I feel like Forster has impressed me the least of those four. I think that's fair. And to me, I mean, I... But he's the one I've seen do well in the NHL before. Yeah, and I think with him, it's just the larger sample. You have the large sample of him being very good in the AHL last year, very good in the NHL last year. And it's not that he didn't have a bad... He's not that he had a bad camp. He just didn't have a great camp. But to me, Tortorella... Number one, I think Tortorella loves Tyson Forrester. I think Tortorella was like, this guy's on my roster. I want him on my roster. That said... I also think that Tortorella's comments after the game last night, that was as much confirmation as I was going to need that basically, like, if Tyson Forrester doesn't make this team, it's because Danny Briere overruled John Tortorella. Because we asked Tortorella, I asked Tortorella, actually, about Forrester, how he played. Because Forrester, we talked to before Tortorella yesterday, and, and Forrester said, I think that was my best game. I agree. I thought it was best, his best game of the preseason. Wasn't a, like, slam the table, I need to be on this team best game, but it was his most, most all-around impactful game. So I asked Tortorella, do you agree that was his best game? And Tortorella said, yes, I do. And he said, I thought he played really well. Thought he had a good camp. 
see, I know he doesn't have the points, but I thought he had a good camp, did a lot of the little things I'm looking for, too. And then he basically said, I think once he gets a goal or two, he's going to really start rolling. And that didn't strike me as Tippett. Once he gets a goal or two in the minors, yeah. that was a once he gets a goal or two in like game two or three, yeah. then we're going to see the real Tyson Forrester. And that was just like, oh, he's making the team. Like, this isn't like. There are no preseason games left. There's no more time for him to get, get that goal, goal or two, yeah. that gets him going. Yeah. It, if it's going to happen here, it's going to happen in a real game, and I think it's going to happen in a real game. Uh, I want to get to I want to get to email Andre. Um, he plays for Rasmus Ristolainen last night. Yeah. I guess he's to, the, to, to be clear. That was a Risto was a little banged up. That was hopefully Ristolainen is okay. He did not skate with the main group today, but everything I've heard is that it's a minor thing. It's precautionary. But they but did. that's why Andre got it. He wasn't originally supposed to No, be he was not. That's it's one of the things we talked about yesterday, yeah. how like half of the defense playing tonight is a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> well, like it's hard to argue with, okay, well, this is like the NHL forward roster is like decent. So this may like, we're playing all these vets, and none of them are any good. So what are we doing here on defense? Or, but I, I, like, I won't go as far as say they're not good. Uh, none I, of I them are part of the future. They're not part of the future. Yes. Yes. Uh, but so Andre steps in, and he originally wasn't part of that lineup. And uh, did, do you think he made one last case for himself? Do you think he showed anything special? I think he had his moments. I, I really think... And this was kind of why I... I think this was the biggest reason why I was surprised they waved Wade Allison. And it was because I say this as a big Emil Andre fan. I literally picked him yesterday to win the Barry Ashby trophy. But I don't think Wade Allison... Or not, not Wade, I don't think Emil Andre had a strong enough camp in preseason to truly warrant earning a spot. I don't think he did. I think he will earn a spot, but I don't think he had the kind of camp that told me he needs to be here. So in my opinion, the solution was you send him down, you let him dominate in the AHL for a month or two, and then call him up. And that allows you to keep Wade Allison, at least in the short term. What I really think, if they ultimately keep Emil Andre, and it sure looks like they're going to, what that tells me, because John Tortorella is fully aware that, that Emil Andre made mistakes in preseason. He said that. He's like, hey, this guy makes mistakes, but I like the fact that he comes right back and tries the same thing. You know, he's not scared. He seems like he just lets things shake off him. I love that mentality. He tries to make a play. To me, what this says is that they think he's going to benefit more from Torts and Bradshaw working directly with Emil Andre here rather than them sending him down to this the minors. Is, they they want to they want to mold him here. That's what I think is going on. This is exactly what I wanted to ask you. And I don't even know, you know, we've been critical of LaPerriere throughout his tenure, uh, whether it was behind the Flyers bench, whether it's, you know, uh, in Lehigh, whatever it's been. I don't think that's what this is, but it's more... Like, Torts just wants to get his hands on this guy. I think so. He yeah. sees something specific in Andre yeah. that he's like, I can bring it out of him. Yeah. The and, way and, maybe and he and brought Bradshaw. it out of I mean, he trusts yes, Bradshaw yes. so much. And his staff as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, like, the way he saw, like, he brought something out of Owen Tippett. Maybe the way he brought something out of those not young, but obviously not old guys last year right. who, who actually took big yeah. steps. Noah Cates. Noah you know, Cates, He, he exactly. threw Noah Cates to the wolves, and yes. Noah Cates somehow didn't get bit. Because, like, I, it, it is also, I don't want to say the hypocrisy of John Tortorella, but it's like, <laughs> you need, you need uh, Wade Allison to play one certain way. 
and Emil Andre, it just seems like the opposite of a Tortorella guy, but this is where his safe as death part side comes yeah. out. Yeah. Like he is straight two face. It's like I'm old school hockey guy, I'm riverboat gambler, and uh, you never know which side's yeah. gonna win on any given it, player. It, it's it's a really fair point, and I think that is probably like one of Tortorella's biggest flaws as a coach. And I think it's something he, I mean, he would never say it, but like, I think it's probably something he recognizes on some level that is just inherent to him as a person. When he gets a perception of a player, it becomes really, really hard for that player to shake that perception. You saw it with Morgan Frost last year. He got it in his head from the start that Morgan Frost just wasn't one of his guys. And even in the second half when Frost was doing pretty much everything towards wanted him to do and was scoring a ton of points, he was still like, you know, like, I guess he's doing okay. It's because he reads your articles and develops his opinions based on how much you hate Morgan Frost. I don't hate Morgan <laughs> Frost. <laughs> but, but I honestly do. And I think with Wade Allison... He just, for whatever reason, he had a bad first impression and it stuck with him. I do think, to, to Tortorella's credit, I think one guy who he recognized that he had a bad first impression on and he's really trying his best to break that is Sanheim. And I think in part that's because he knows that he stuck with him. So, like, he damn well better, like, really focus on learning how to interact with Travis Sanheim. We got to stay together for the kids, man. Yeah. We got to learn how to make this work. <laughs> exactly. And kind of like the way it was in Tampa with him and LeCavalier. Like, him and LeCavalier did not get along. I don't think ever, ever got along. But they learned how to coexist because it's yeah. like, well, the owner brought us into a room and is like, I ain't firing the coach. I ain't trading the player. So, you guys better figure it out. <laughs> and I think that's kind of where his head's at a little bit. Obviously, Travis Sanheim isn't the quality of <laughs> I love, of I love Cavalier, the but, but it's the same kind <laughs> yeah. of thing where flyers Lecavier maybe there are some guys that Tortorella has to learn how to work with he has no choice Wade Allison's a guy who he didn't he have doesn't to, have to learn have shit. to learn how to work yeah, with him. he doesn't have to learn a damn thing um yeah, let's just do that now, and then we can move on to some other stuff. So uh, listen, I, I went to the game last night, and I did it. I did it with game time, and it was, yeah. it was a hell of an experience, man. <laughs> Listen, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, comedy concerts, comedy, theater, and more, the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the, snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. L last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Do you find it funny how tough day? The, the first two transitions were amazing. And that one, you just like threw up your hands. You're like, oh, I guess I'll I, just do the thing. Because I was like, <laughs> do I go to the next topic and then maybe do the read with like four minutes left and then leave us no time for the very last thing? And when yeah. I say, let's just do it now and move on. All right. So I did listen back to, to yesterday's show, as I often do. I typically listen on Apple Podcasts and then Spotify. So we get, get the double. To, yeah, manipulate those numbers a <laughs> oh little my bit. God. Uh, but we talked about how. In the lineup last night, and if last night's lineup, the original one we saw, no Andre, it was, like, if that's game one, 
then we've been sold a bill of goods and there's only one kid making the team and it's Tyson Forster. He was always going to make the team. Yeah. So really like, what is this? We have to play the kids. Like, what is the point of this? And you look at their off season, it's like, all right, yeah, they got rid of Hayes and Provy. And then in terms of the, you know, 18 skater spots, they brought in Stahl and Hathaway. Mm -hmm. So you didn't even really open up any spots yeah. in terms of just like the 18 guys who you think are going to dress on. It would have been nights. a very depressing way to start the season. Yes. Are we, however, and now it might not work out this way. It looks like things are building towards Forster, Andre, Brink, and Zamula all making it and playing quite a bit. If that wasn't the case, though, are we kind of maybe underselling things like Kate's continued development, the importance of York playing big minutes, uh, Frost and Tippett, you know, the potential saviors of the disastrous 2017 draft. Uh, like, Are we really counting Tippett? I mean, they didn't draft they him. They didn't draft him, but you can let's pretend they did. At <laughs> okay. two. Like, okay. Let's pretend they drafted Owen Tippett at two. You know, because it's not like Nolan Patrick's having highlights somewhere else yeah, that we fair. can miss him. Fair point. You know? So let's just pretend we drafted him at two. Yeah. Like, those things, while they're not shiny new toys, we watched them last year. These are all massively important to the future of this franchise, and I feel like maybe we're underselling those guys and what another year... Like, Morgan Frost, for those 55 games, like, if he carries that over, this dude's part of the future. Yeah. Owen Tippett it could score 40 goals this year, and then what? Yeah, like, Noah Cates might be the 2C of this team when it's good. Who knows? Those are all pretty big deals, and I think, oh, well, we're not getting Bobby Brink, so this is all for shit. Mm -hmm. Like, are we kind of underselling that? I, I think there's there's a little bit of truth to that. I, I don't think you're completely off base. I do think, though, the reason why I, I don't think you're right is that while we do think these guys might have another gear, I mean, I'm particularly high on Noah Cates. I really like Owen Tippett, Morgan Frost. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. But, um, but point being is that... This, that core isn't going to be enough. These are prime-aged players. Yeah, it's not going to be You're enough. You're hoping that's your depth. Exactly, exactly. You're hoping these are your, your second liners, your third liners, your second pair of defensemen. The reason why it's so important to, to keep adding more and more guys, keep adding more and more young guys, is because it's very obvious that what they currently have is nowhere near enough. And that's not a slight against guys like Noah Cates and Owen Tippett, who I really, really like. It's just that if Owen Tippett is potentially your second best player if Sean Gouturier is Sean Gouturier again maybe he's your best player if Sean Gouturier isn't Sean Gouturier again like you ain't winning shit I'm sorry I don't care how good your coach is I don't care how much depth you have up and down the lineup you ain't winning anything meaningful so it's important to keep adding these young guys in because what they have now even if Owen Tippett is 10% better than he was last year and Noah Cates is 20% better than he was last year that's not making the Flyers a cup contender and that's why like, they can't get stuck in this, well, what we have is fine. It's not. That was the problem of the last few years. What they had wasn't fine. And that's why the fans and the media and everyone around needs to keep pushing them to keep bringing in these new guys, this fresh blood, because the status quo is not acceptable. The only reason why fans are willing to accept where they're at now is because for the first time, the organization has accepted that the status quo isn't acceptable. If they start accepting the status quo, fans have every right to get mad again. Now, you, you mentioned, like, cup contention. Obviously, um, that is 
so far off the table for this season and the immediate future. I mean, cup future. contention, absolutely. Yeah for, yeah. yeah, for this season and the immediate future. Uh, but last night, you know, Flyers close out the preseason with a 5-2 win over the Islanders. And yes, the Flyers had the matchup advantage. We've seen this go back and forth depending on who plays for either side. Uh, I, I will say I think the Flyers put out the stronger roster of the two teams last night. Oh, 100%. But it's not as if the Isles had nothing but rookies out there. Mayfield and Dobson were out there. Pajot's out there. Wallstrom, Sezikis, uh, the other Sebastian Ajo. The other Sebastian like, Ajo. Romanov. These are, all, not to mention Varlamov and Net, like a guy who could be a starter for half the teams in the league. Like, yeah. the Flyers had the matchup advantage, but it wasn't like they were playing an AHL team. They held the Islanders to 16 shots, and this comes on the heels of holding the Bruins now, granted. That was like an all-rookie team with the Bruins. Sure was. Held them to 14 shots. The Devils, who absolutely destroyed them in the opener, the second game they played them, held them to 22 shots. Only gave up 19 to the Isles in the first meeting between the two. I would say the Flyers have looked at least kind of decent in five of the six preseason games. And the first one, we were like, listen... They just got absolutely tortured by the coach to open training camp, so we're going to give them a little bit of a pass. They didn't play a ton of NHL guys in that one. I'm not saying this team is making the playoffs, but to quote, uh, to quote Mr. Alaska, they forechecked like gophers last night. <laughs> they put on a lot of pressure. Uh, they made a point of getting to the dangerous areas, going to the net, making sure they play behind the net, play in the crease. I kind of like what I saw out of the team. Not in You terms went to one game and you're drinking the Kool-Aid, no, Bill? No, not, not, not one <laughs> game. Not just the one game. It's about, like, listen, if they're only going to give up 20 shots a night, they have a chance to win every night. Sure. And you, got, you presumably <laughs> like, have a good goalie. Yeah, and you have a pretty decent goalie who's yeah. going to stop 19 of them. Yeah. Like, I, could this... <laughs> is this bad? Like, that's what I... I think this team might be a little better than we've given them credit for to this point. It's a team that picked five two years ago. They were the fourth worst team. They picked seven. They were the seventh worst team last year. Could this actually be the 12th worst team instead of the fifth? Yeah, it could be. Do you it, think it, that's it, a possibility? It absolutely could be. If, if Sean Gattari and Cam Atkinson are what they were pre-injury, if a few of these younger guys, we're talking guys like Cates and Frost and Tippett, take a further step, if Carter Hart takes a further step and plays the whole year, yeah, they could. They could be in, they could be in the bubble playoff mix, like in, on the outskirts of the bubble playoff mix. Absolutely. I think that's possible. I personally think that the, the organization would benefit more from getting one more blue chip prospect preferably a defenseman but i am absolutely not ruling out the possibility that this team could be not certainly not a cup contender almost certainly not a playoff team but competitive in the playoff race for a while i mean hell last year they were competitive they were at least on the outskirts until like early February. In they like, could be they could be in the mix until March. In like late December, early January, I remember doing a show and I was I just threw up my hands. I was like, I'm kind of rooting for the playoffs now. Like they're clearly not tanking, yeah. and I want to see them make the playoffs. And then from there, the wheels kind of started to fall off. But I, 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 like, I think the the big thing that is going to bury this team, if you and. If you're someone who's rooting for them to be good, this is going to be your biggest concern. If you're someone rooting for them to be bad, this is going to be your biggest hope. The thing that's going to ultimately bury this team is that blue line core. Yeah. Like, they, it's not good. they don't have a number one. They really don't have a number two either. And if the plan is to give these young guys a lot of ice time, which is what we're hoping for, like, 
I really like Emil Andre. I think Emil Andre is going to be a really good NHL defenseman. Emil Andre in his rookie year is going to make a shitload no, of mistakes. I, I was gonna, like, Emil Andre is the one the coach seems to like the most, the most. Yeah, and he is. Mistake prone. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. It's this is not a good defense. If, if, if they give him fifty-five games this year, he might be a minus twenty. And you know what? I am fine with that as long as he's progressing and he's making fewer and fewer of those mistakes as the year goes on. But guess what? All those goals against are going to lead to some losses. Yes. And that's we we talked about this before. If this team's better than I think, and it's because the young guys are that much better than I think, that's good. That's good. Yeah. If it's just. Carter Hart and Sean Couturier, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, exactly, that's... exactly. If if the if the guys and like we've been talking about this fourth line, and I'm generally speaking okay with the fact, but like if they win a bunch of games because Delorier, Paling, and Hathaway forecheck the other teams into submission, it's like great. But what's that doing really? That is, <laughs> man, that line last night they they were real good. They're buzzing. Yeah, they they're, were real good. They're fun. Hath Hathaway and I said this on Twitter. I'll, I'll say it again on this show. I understand why people who are of the online, like analytical forward thinking variety are like, why the hell just sign Hathaway? He's older, he's not gonna be part of the future. I get it. And I don't think you're inherently wrong. My thing is this, <laughs> I have to watch this team for 82 games. Garnet Hathaway is a good and fun player, and I am personally happy that I'm going to get to watch him instead of some scrub. And that's like, like we that's have, my we problem. Have, we have to watch this team, that's man. That's my problem with the signing of Hathaway is he's too good. Yeah, <laughs> that's my problem. He's a good player. He made a lot of really good plays last um, night. This is, I guess, I have a hypothetical for you. I want to start doing a hypothetical of the day, but this isn't the one I had planned. But. Uh, if this team is somewhat in contention, and the middle class in the East is, it's, we know, you know, the Hurricanes are awesome, the Devils are awesome, yeah. and then it's like a whole bunch of teams, uh, Toronto, and then a whole bunch of teams that are going to be between 90 and 100 points, and some of them are going to make it and some of them aren't. Yeah. Um, so that could just, you know, artificially push the Flyers down the standings, even if they have a better than expected year. Say they're there, say they're five points out, they still sell. I think like, I, it, it, does that, the organization that, yeah. do they have the stomach for it when it's not a disaster? That'll be like a, right that'll now, be a real test. Right now we're expecting it to be a disaster, so yeah. it's easy to be like, oh yeah, it's a it's a rebuild. Yeah, at the deadline, everyone's going. We have a for sale sign on every. It's the it's the poster for Slapshot with the for sale sign. Like it's that's what it is now. If it's not a disaster and they're close, I want to know if they sell. You know, I, I don't know. that that's It's going to be a fascinating... Well, it might not even happen. They might just be bad. But Probably. if it happens, it'll be a fascinating case study because you could see them going both ways. You could see that... You see Danny Briere looking at it and saying, yeah, we're in the mix, but like we're not going to win it. We're still going to sell Mark Stahl. We're still going to sell Sean Walker. You know, We're still going to make trades for the future and pick up draft picks because we have kids that are ready to take their spots anyway. So let's pick up some draft picks. Why not? Or, and this is something that an organization I have seen in the past, and organizations, the Flyers in particular, telling themselves that, you know what, this team has earned the chance to try to chase down a playoff spot. That 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 building the culture is more important than picking up a couple fourth-round picks. I can see them going either way, but it, either way, it'll tell us a lot about, number one, about how they're going to do this, but number two, it'll tell us a lot about how close they think they are. I can accept them... If this team overachieves, 
to the point that they could make the playoffs. I could accept the this team has at least earned a chance. We're not going to add. Yeah, we're, they, they can't We're add. not going to add. They can't add. Unless, unless they're like the shock of the century yes. eight, chasing they for 100, 100 points. points. Yeah. yeah, sure. Go for you, it. You can't buy. Sell someone. Go for it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> sure. Uh, but I, like, I can accept this team overachieves. We're going to give the group in the room a chance as long as the coaching staff decides – Bobby Brink deserves the chance. Right. Emil Andre deserves yeah. the chance. Yeah. And it's not like, no, we're four out. Mark Stahl has to play every night now. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, the... Yeah, we're, we're changing our entire mentality because suddenly yes. the playoffs are a possibility. The, now we've got to go all vet. If, as long yeah, as the I agree big picture... Like, listen, yeah, I, wanna, I want fucking Celebrini. You know? <laughs> I, I want one of the top defensemen. Whatever it might be. Um, playoff experience also important. And a trust between... The players and the organization yeah. and this culture. It's as fair. long as the big picture remains, like as long as we keep the main thing, the main thing, as Jalen Hurts would say, keep that big picture. I don't think I'm gonna be upset if it's like, yeah, we we didn't trade Cam Atkinson for a third because we thought we could make the playoffs. Like I can live. I think that's I can fair. live with that. I think that's fair. And I don't think I don't think you'll be alone. I do think though there will be a, a, a vocal there contingent that is going to say, "Why did you sell everybody?" Because you're just going to lose in the first round. There anyway. absolutely will be that contingent. They will annoy the hell out of me, and they won't even necessarily be wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> like they're not even necessarily wrong. I just think there's more than one way to do this, and that playoff experience, that culture. As much as we poo-poo that stuff because it's you can't you can't build a model for that. There is something about hockey where that shit matters. Yeah. Look at this fucking Phillies team, man. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is it, they exist on vibes. Now they have one of the highest <laughs> payrolls of all time. They exist like, on it's, vibes. It's yeah. not as if it's not a team of all-star caliber players, but like there's something more to it. Oh, like 100%. the Mets are spending more money than anyone in the history of the sport, and they fucking stink yep. because they have a bad culture. Yep. Like there is yeah. something oh, there to absolutely it. Is. There's yeah. something to it. You need both. You need um, a, you need the talent and you need the culture. I want to get Andrew out of here because it's five o'clock on a Friday, so we're not <laughs> going to keep doing this. I just want to ask you one more thing. All right, Bill, about, what you got? Yeah, I'm going to save. It, please tell me it's not about the captain. No, it's not. <laughs> Damn it! I should have done that. No, I'm going to save this hypothetical of the day because it's something I want to make a bit for the show. Hypothetical of the day, but listen. Listening back to the cup predictions yesterday, mm -hmm. uh, can I change my prediction to Oilers over Leafs, or do, I, or do I have to stick with the Canes? No, I think the puck is not yet dropped on game one. Yeah, it's one. not Tuesday yet. I, I think you can, up until puck drop for the very first game, you can adjust your prediction. All right, so... As long as it's not happening because, like, Connor McDavid got injured, then you just got to no, eat I'm it. No, I'm still picking the Oilers <laughs> to win. I'm subbing out an Eastern Conference team that is going to lose to the Oilers. Fair. I'm taking the Le I'm putting the Leafs in there. Okay, noted. Now, what will be funnier? Oilers, Leafs... The national hockey media goes from Vegas, just outside Miami, for the fucking Stanley Cup final, and now it's Edmonton, Toronto, <laughs> or Edmonton, Newark, New Jersey. Which is funnier? Oh I think God. it's Edmonton, Jersey, because like half the hockey media is based in Toronto, so it's like, ah, oh, we get to stay home, it's yeah. fine. But like. I think Edmonton Jersey is the funniest, right? It, it is the funniest in terms of perception. The one thing I'll say about Newark, New Jersey is that 
It's not bad. It's, it's not that far from New York City. True. So if you really do want to like go out and party, how did I account for this? That's, yeah, it's, it's that's not that true. far. Just, it's just a quick train ride. But it is like it was just. Uh, it was funny today. Like Elliot on Thirty Two Thoughts just goes, "Oh no, I can't wait for Jersey in June." Like, <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like, "Ooh, that will be really funny after last year. Like everyone's yeah. dream yeah. final, yeah. and now it's oh like Canada. Like that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> or New Jersey. That's what I'm hoping for. Anyway, all right. That is all the time we have for you on today's edition of PHLY Flyers. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. As always. Make sure you uh, hit that subscribe button. Search PHLY Flyers wherever there are podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube page and go to allphly.com. Become a diehard member. We're starting to come up with more ideas for uh, benefits for members as the season gets going. And we have some really good ones. You're going to want to get in on that. All right. My name is Bill Matz. For Charlie O'Connor, ring that bell. We all silly like the man.